We hope you enjoyed this message from Pastor Will Levy, recorded at Equipus Church, Dunedin. For more information, please visit equipuschurch.com. All right. How we doing? Man, we are good. Well, it's all out Sunday. We're in one place. Saved ourselves a few dollars not hiring a venue. You know, our, our mission, though, is never concerned about finances, though. We always do what God calls us to do. Amen. And so it's great to have all the Mosgill people in. Yeah. They're like, praise Jesus for the sleeping this morning. Yeah. Nice packing. That was awesome. Uh, very good. Well, it's, it is all out Sunday, and, and Desiree and I are just, um, we, we, we love you. We honor you. We, we, we want to celebrate this morning, but God has placed something on our hearts, and we even had a little bit of a dispute. <laughs> Point in case. Um, I said, what are you going to be preaching about? She goes, this, this, and this. I go, no, I'm preaching on that, that, and that. And so, um, anyway... Uh, at the end of tonight, we, we want you to evaluate and send us who was better. <laughs> not at all, not at all, not at all. We already know the answer to that. Uh, There's wisdom right here. This was Anyway, it's a, it is a celebration, and I thought this morning uh, we, we have some amazing things happening in the life of the church, and I'm going to share a few of them in a moment, um, but I wanted to ask our amazing uh, kids pastor, Gretchen, to, to come up here. Some of you may not even know who she is. So come on, just jump up here. Look at that. Oh, there you go. Look at that. That's right. All you parents, it's her fault, all right? No. She is amazing. She does a phenomenal job leading the kids' team. Um, but there's stuff been going on. And I wanted her to just come and share some stuff because that's inspiring. Thanks, Gretchen. Nice. All right. Hello, I'm Gretchen. <laughs> I might talk a little bit funny, but um, I blame the UK. Anyway. Um, yeah, so as you know, um, yeah, you might, you might see all the kids going crazy over there during all the praise and worship. And then when we leave the doors, you'll be like, what actually goes on on the other side? Um, and we're not just a babysitting service. Like we are really, um, yeah, we really value the Holy Spirit and we believe that there's not a junior Holy Spirit for kids. And um, we're really noticing a real, um, like every week we have testimonies coming back um, from Mosgill and from all the different groups in the city um, about encounters that the kids are having and how they're growing up in God, they're hearing His voice and then also things that happen for them um, in their day-to-day -day life at home, at school, and how God's really coming through. For them, for me, I'm just like, oh my gosh, that's amazing. Um, so I just thought I'd share some of them for you. Um, so we've been, we've been going through a curriculum called Growing Up With God. Um, and yeah, and through that, we're, uh, we've been talking about how to recognise God's voice, that He's your friend, that He's with you every day, um, how to like, recognise the tug on your heart and then what to do with that and, um, and how to take small steps of faith and, and take steps of risk and show people His love because, you know, we need, our goal is to love others and to see others through Jesus' eyes of love. Um, so, and, and they're like doing it, it's amazing. <laughs> 
Um, so, yeah, some of the things that are happening. So, uh, as I mentioned before, we're having um, testimonies of kids encountering God during songs, during reflection times. So after the teaching, we'll have little breakout times and we'll encourage the kids to draw or write or paint or just think about or talk about how, like what is God saying to them in that moment or for a situation that they might be struggling with and he'll drop strategies into their hearts. Um, yeah, which is really, really cool. So it's, and then just they will really be open and sharing with the kids and others around them about what they just heard. Like there's no holding back. Like, oh, I don't know if that's right or not. But they'll just like, God said this. I felt this. And just seeing their faces light up. I'm so, oh, it's just amazing. Eh? Um, so I just love that God's meeting them and they're so hungry and that he does come through for them. Um, I mean, of course, because he's awesome. <laughs> um, so yeah, some of the things that they say, some of the language afterwards, they're like, oh, I felt tingly. Um, they're like, I felt my whole body was reset. Um, like, and then I was like, I felt his love, like right deep in my heart, like right in the very, like right really deep, I felt his love. I'm like, yeah, that's awesome. <laughs> um, they see visions, they see pictures um, that God has dreams for them. Um, so, and they're like really clear. And I'm like, that is awesome. So that I get them to draw it down and pray into it. We're teaching them how to treasure what God says to them. Um, so I hope also that they're like telling you parents and <laughs> brainstorming it with them. If not, ask them. Um, and do, do, do. Uh, yeah, and others like they just have an overwhelming sense of peace where they felt anxiety before. So just seeing kids really shift in how they are um, with each other and also in church situations. Um, another thing is, oh yeah, so as as I just said, um, that some kids see, see things shift, but not just in church as well. So there was one kid who, um, he's awesome. Um, he, it was at Shout actually, he went up and asked for some prayer because he was lacking confidence. And um, during the prayer, he heard God say, it doesn't matter what you look like on the outside, it's what, <laughs> what's inside that um, really matters to me. And then he just had a real sense of confidence after that. And I've just really noticed him just in how he is um, whenever he comes into church and how he reacts, um, reacts, relates to the other kids as well. He's just, yeah, got this real sense of um, how awesome he is, which is so great. Um, another kid at Shout as well, he went up and he um, asked, well, he, he's prone to being quite anxious and he just had an overwhelming sense of peace as well. Um, so that's really, yeah, and this is just their language. It's like, oh, I just felt peace. I felt like my body was reset. Um, and do, do, do. Oh, another, so this is just quite a recent thing, but one boy has um, struggled thinking that he doesn't hear from God. He's like, oh, all these other kids are always sharing how, what they see, what they hear. And he's like, I don't get anything. I don't think God's talking to me. No, he is talking to you. He is talking to you. And so we've been really speaking into that, but he's had his own revelation of actually how he does hear. And um, that's through feeling and that it's a prophetic way that, um, yeah, the way that he is wired. And he's like, wow, God has been talking to me all this time. And that's why I've been feeling this. And that he's, uh, he's now able to recognize this and like, oh, okay, I'm not crazy. I'm not forgotten. <laughs> so, um, so that's really cool. I'm really excited to see what's going to happen from there. Um, Sorry. <laughs> it's my own little theme tune happening in my head. Um, also, God revealing himself as a friend um, who, is deeply, who deeply cares about um, the child and also is deeply involved in their everyday life. So we get stories coming back from the kids like, ah, oh, so we, we learned about how to take a risk in, um, you know, maybe helping somebody who was being a bully or, you know, who might have been bullied. And so um, they come back with, so there's one kid who noticed that there was um, a kid who was always sitting on the outside and not 
um, interacting with any other friends. And he took a risk. He left his group of friends and he went over and he was like, hey, are you okay? Do you need a friend? Do you want me to hang out with you? And the kid was like, yeah, that would be awesome. And now he's actually joined into his group of friends. But just real practical ways that they're outworking what they're learning and loving others and wrapping their arms around them. Um, there's another... Um, and then one girl also, um, when we were praying, we're like, you know, um, asking for somebody who they can show love to. She thought of a girl at school who's bullied for being uh, overweight. And she was like, I think God's asking me to be a friend to her and stick up for her. I'm like, yeah, you do that. So just real awesome practical um, things that God's doing for the kids. Um, and then, sorry. <laughs> um, the last one is that um, something that I've just really, really noticed, and it's definitely increased over the last even month. Like, there's just such a deep hunger for um, God and for His presence, and um, like every every week, it's just it just blows me away. Like these kids really, really are hungry for a deep friendship and relationship with God. And um, so last week we had um, a time up in Zoom. So I don't know if you've ever been up there, but they're quite small office spaces that we use for um, the kids' programs. And so like, if we do a praise and a worship song, it's kind of like the kids are sort of singing to each other. <laughs> it's a little bit awkward. But I was like, nah, I'm going to press through in this. So we did a praise song, and um, it was fun. But then we went into the worship, and I was like, okay, I just believe that God really wants to tell you guys how much he loves you. I just encourage you to you know, close your eyes, raise your hands. And um, normally they'd be a little bit awkward with it. And um, so I, I turned the music on turned the speaker on and I looked up and all of them were standing there with their hands raised and their eyes closed. One kid was on his knees. <laughs> I know, I was just like, oh. <laughs> Another kid was just flat on his back, just, you know, soaking. And um, it was just the most amazing, amazing time. And I was like, wow, God, you, these, the hunger that is really increasing in these kids is just so exciting. So I'm so proud of my kids' team and everything that is so into, them, um, into the kids. I always get a little bit emotional when I talk about kids, sorry. But um, yeah, that's, that's, that's what we're doing out there. Like these kids are having real encounters with God um, and just, yeah. <laughs> so... Yeah, I'm just, I'm so thankful what God's doing there and that we get to run alongside these kids um, to empower them into, yeah, who they are in God and, um, yeah, watch this space. <laughs> come on. Come, come on, let's honour Gretchen and the kids team. They do an amazing job. They're not, as, this, as she's, look, she's off, she needs to go. And the kids' teams, you know, there's, there's many great, every team in the life of the church is awesome. And we thank you so much for serving. Thank you so much for being part of uh, investing into what we believe. Well, our, vision is, our vision is to reach people for Jesus. It's simple that love God, love people. And, uh, you know, if we, can, if we can create environments that, that a family comes in, if you, maybe you've invited a family, and they come in for the first time, and we know that you can help register their kids for the kids' programs, and they get looked at, kids get impacted by God, and, and amazing things like that, and then that frees the parents up to also encounter the Lord in and, and, and their worship and their praise and listening to the messages and stuff. It, it's just amazing how every team helps value people, and we want to value you. We, we want to honor you. As a church, you know, what God is doing, uh, we, we believe there's so much more. 
ourselves. We really do. And it takes us, and it takes us to stretch out. It takes us to go again, to believe again. And this morning, I want to, um, as I said, I wanted to celebrate a few things. Um, and, I'll, I'll, and it's a little bit of a list that I, I shared at um, the, the prayer uh, on the first Monday of every month, the prayer meeting. But uh, I, I want to just say, you know, again, we've launched Mosgiel as, as uh, out into a, a different venue, a different location, either Coronation Hall or Tyree College. And we've seen, you know, around 60 to 70 people on average. The last, last, we've seen a, um, a couple of salvations in the last couple of weeks. Come on, praise Jesus for that. Praise Jesus for that's what we're here for. Yes, we get to honour, we get to glorify God, we get to worship Him, but we also want to see people saved for Jesus. Um, you know, we saw uh, 35 ladies attend Equip Her up in Auckland, uh, 120 people attending Shout Conference, 43 men attending Stronger. Come on, that's awesome. Uh, we launched our Equip courses this year. Yeah, that's awesome. That, you just... There's a lot of work. I just want to tell you right now, there's a lot of work going. And, uh, you know, just to come up with the material and pull it together, and the team has done an amazing job, uh, and, and it's a great course, so do it. Amen. Um, the, the creative team and the other, and other teams raising, rising to the challenge of having to do two services on a Sunday in, in different locations yeah. in the morning. That's, that's yeah. mm, amen. A youth ministry recently, you know, seen over 50 out at youth on a Friday night and the Super Hub Fridays, just seeing going from one level to another level and again, young people encountering God and finding their fit in this world and, and just a great youth team and great, great leaders there. Um, just again, kids ministry, we heard from them. Um, uh, we're believing for whole families uh, to, to come to know Jesus and just seeing God move in that way. Um, young adults that continue to build. It's been a crazy year. Oh, what's going on? No more Matt and Abby. Well, hey, guess what? There's, there, there's you. And I want to I thank the young adults. You stood up and you're still carrying the baton and there's more to come. I want to I prophesy and declare. Come on, there's more to come. Next year, as, as, as we go into the university and O-Week and all that, and, and even, even the, the communities that are slightly older than students, come on, there's more to come. There's more to come. A- amen. Um, what else have we got uh, in here? Um, we started, you know, our prayer meeting on a Monday night. I wanna, I'm going to talk about that in a, in a, later on in the message, but once a month, Monday night, we get together and pray. We, we saw in one prayer meeting over 100 people out. Come on, that's awesome. Let's get excited about prayer, amen? Yeah, yeah. Um, Revo Tua, seen, uh, been in 11 Dunedin high schools. Um, hundreds of young people being impacted with, the, with a message of hope. Uh, come on, we need, we need hope in our world. Um, what else? Man Nabby, we, again, they've been released to go and train in, at Bible College. And at the end of this, uh, in, in November the 24th, they are ordained and inducted as the lead pastors as Park City Church in New Plymouth. Come on, that's an established church. That's, that's because of your love and, and the weight that you've put behind them. Many, some of you have known them from grasshopper level. And now you've seen them this level. 
And come on, keep praying for them. Um, again, different missions trips, the medical mission trips is returning today, uh, here tonight. Uh, just about what God is doing there. The India trip uh, is, is starting uh, in November. And again, last year we did it. Just seeing what God is doing through, through the life of the church and generous giving is just amazing. And so there's so many things. I want to thank every team leader, every team leader, uh, you know, who have just tirelessly filled out rosters and worked through the unavailability. And oh, blockouts and all that sort of stuff. Right? We want to just thank you for, for serving and carrying the mission of what we're trying to believe in and hear God. And, and so there's so many things, but uh, I've got 21 minutes of, of about 45 minutes worth of message. And, um, and I've got to get on to it. But come on, just, can we just celebrate the church? Celebrate yourselves this morning. Celebrate what God's doing in Mosgiel. Celebrate what God's doing in the city. Celebrate what God's doing in the different ministries and, and where you're connected. And if you're not connected, can I encourage you? Get into an e-group, get into a team, and you will feel connected. If you want to know more about that, get to the resource area. They'll help you out, and we'll get in contact with you as well. Amen. Amen. There's so many great things to celebrate this year. Um, Father, help. In Jesus' name. I know I've prayed before, but I, I just need help. Who, who needs help? If you didn't put your hand up, you need help. Um, everyone needs help. Um, as, as we were praying and as, as we were believing for, for All Out Sunday, this, it's a significant time because generally we have most of the church here. Only some people are away for um, important reasons or not. That's what we want everyone to be here. And so you, you always, you're, you're praying, this is my thought prayer, and I'm praying, Lord, what do you want to say? Yeah. Right? Because who wants to listen to me? I don't want to listen to me. But I want to listen to what God wants to say. And, and, and I'm not God, not at all, but I, 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 I can tell you I, I seek the Lord, and I, and, I, and I ask the Lord, what do you want to say? And, and the Lord led me to a passage that is... Um, Reason, well, you may know it. You've probably heard it before if you've been here for a little while. But it's, the passage is in First Kings chapter eighteen, uh, verses forty-one to forty-six. And and so I'm going to just share some thoughts out of that in a moment. But I want to build and I want to give you some context around what the what's happening here and Elijah. And so, just in your Bibles, flick back to. To, to verses, uh, sorry, to chapter 18. And we've got here, we've got Elijah, and it just says this at the start of chapter 18. Now, Elijah, who was from Tishbeth of Gilead, he told King Ahab, As surely as the Lord, the God of Israel, lives, the God I serve, there will be no dew or rain during the next few years until I give the word. This is where this, where, where verses, where, where, uh, 1841 sort of extends from. This is the declaration that Elijah said. He said, okay, this is what's going to happen. And I'll, I'll tell you a little bit more in a, in a moment. And then further down in verse 8, it talks about how, how Elijah has declared this. And so, so it, it's starting to happen. But the Lord says to Elijah, this is how I'm going to look after you. 
This is what I need you to do right now. I need you to go to, to, the, uh, to a widow in Zarephath. And um, what she's going to do is she's going to look after you. And so verse 10, it says this. So he went to Zarephath and he arrived at the gates of the village. He saw a widow gathering sticks and he asked her, would you please bring me a little water in the cup? Now, again, what's, what's not happening at that time? No rain, no dew. So water is getting scarce and he just rocks up. Hey, can you just bring me some of this scarce stuff? And so anyway, keep on going. Would you please bring me a little water in a cup? As she was going to get it, he called to her, bring me a bite of bread too. Confident guy. Um, but she said, I swear by the Lord the God, Lord George, your God, that I don't have a single piece of bread in the house and I have only a handful of flour left in the jar and a little cooking oil in the bottom of the jug. I was just gathering a few sticks to cook the last meal and then my son and I will die. But Elijah said to her, don't be afraid. Go ahead and do just what you have said, but make a little bread for me first. Mm -hmm. That's confident guy. It's because of the principle of giving God the first. Anyway, let's keep moving. Um, then use what's left to prepare a meal for yourself and your son. For this is what the Lord says, the Lord, the God of Israel says, there will always be flour and olive oil left in your containers until the time when the Lord sends rain and grows crops again. So she did, and Elijah and she and Elijah and her family continued to eat many days. There was always enough flour and olive oil left in the containers, just as the Lord promised through Elijah. There's a great miracle happening here of provision when we honor God. It goes, goes on and then we get to 1 Kings chapter 18. And, and there's this, there's the context here is the battle or the, the, the you know, I'd say it's the battle or the contest. It's been called in the Bible as well on Mount Carmel between the prophets of Baal and, and Elijah. And some of you may know the story or some of you might not know the story, but I'm quickly just going to paraphrase it. So the prophet of Baal uh, is worshipped by about 450 prophets. And so Elijah says, look, I've had enough of this. Why don't we have a little bit of a competition? Anyone up for competition? We like a little bit of a competition. And so he says, hey, why don't you organize a sacrifice, you sort it out, and then you call on your God and uh, to consume it with fire, and I'll prepare a sacrifice as well, and I'll call on my God, and we'll see whose God responds. And there's a, there's a contest going on, and it's a, it's a, it's a very awesome uh, just you need to read it to get the detail and immerse yourself in it, and and it just it will unlock some stuff which actually still happens today. When people are focusing on the wrong gods and the wrong things, they do the wrong things. And so I know this is not the message that I want to preach, but I want to bring the context. And so anyway, they prepare their 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 sacrifice and. And, and then Elijah prepares his sacrifice. And uh, what happens is basically for a long period of time, nothing happens. There's these people chanting, running around, and nothing happens. And then Elijah says, okay, now it's my turn. Surely it's my turn. And so he builds a sacrifice. He douses the sacrifice three times with water. Again, the very substance that's precious in that time. But he douses the, the sacrifice. And then he, he's, he calls on the name of the Lord and Instantly, fire from heaven consumes the sacrifice. And, and they, they then take over the prophets of Baal and, and we move on. 
And so now we're moving into the end of chapter 18, verse 41. And so remember back in 17, Elijah has said, As surely as the Lord my God I serve, there will be no rain. And then we get to this point here, when then in verse 41. So let's read. All right. Then Elijah said to Ahab, the king, Go get something to eat and drink, for I hear a mighty rainstorm coming. So Ahab went to eat and drink. But Elijah climbed to the top of Mount Carmel and bowed low to the ground and prayed with his face between his legs, his knees. Then he said to his servant, Go and look out towards the sea. The servant went and looked, then and looked, and then returned to Elijah and said, I didn't see anything. Seven times Elijah told him to go and look. Finally, the seventh time his servant told a servant told him, I saw a little cloud about the size of a man's hand rising from the sea. Then Elijah shouted, hurry to Ahab and tell him, climb into your chariot and go back home. If you don't hurry, the rain will stop you. Verse 45, and soon the sky was black with clouds. A heavy wind brought a terrific uh, rainstorm and Ahab left quickly for Jezreel. Then the Lord God gave special strength to Elijah. He tucked his cloak into his belt and he ran ahead of Ahab's chariot all the way to the entrance of Jezreel. So we've got this, we've got this scenario going on. And so many of you may have heard this scenario before, but I want to I want to unpack and just share a few things about how uh, what I believe God's saying to us as a church. And so, uh, if you the first thing that I want to just share is, you know, God will give you promises. Right, God will give you promises. I pray every single person has a promise in this room. I don't know what it is. And, and, and we know this, right? Who knows Jeremiah 29, 11? Yes. Right? It's, it's like out there. For I know the plans I have for you, says the Lord. Right? They have plans for good and not for disaster. Because that's a great scripture. Yes. For I know the plans I have for you, says the Lord. There are plans for tiredness. And weariness, and therefore suffering and persecution. No, we like the other labels. They are for good and for a future and a hope. That's great scripture, isn't it? Well, just do you want to know some more great scriptures? Well, the one after it, and the one after that, and the one after that, and the one after. In those days. He says, so after, for I know the plans I have for you, says the Lord. They are plans for good and not for disaster, to give you a future and a hope. See, God gives us a promise. He gave Abraham a promise. He gave heaps of people in the Bible a promise. But it says this in verse 12, in those days, when you pray, when you pray, I will listen. Let's not just stop at verse 11. Because verse 11 is all about us. Verse 12, it starts to be all about what we do. Because when we pray, God listens. I, I 100% believe the promise of God is the prayer of the people. The promise of God is the prayer of the people. And if you look in, the, in verse 12, in those days when you pray, I will listen. Verse 13, if you look for me wholeheartedly, you will find me. Amen. Amen. I love a good game of hide and seek, especially when you're the person who's the seeking. 
you can wait as long as you want till you go and find them children. Well, I'm coming. I'm coming. It says there, if you look wholeheartedly, you will find me. I'll be found by you, says the Lord. I will end your captivity and restore your fortunes. I will gather you out of the nations where I sent you and will bring you home again to your own land. There's so much that God wants to do in and through your life. Who knows Ephesians 3.20? Um, I don't know if the guys can put it up on the screen or you can scroll to it in your Bible. But I share this a lot. God can do immeasurably more than we could ever ask or believe or think at work within us. We forget about the at work within us. But God knows the plans. We've got promises. God's got a promise for you. Let's hold on to a promise. See, see, see the servant was told by Elijah, he says, seven times, seven times go, seven times go. So I've got seven points this morning. Is that all right? So the first point is God's got a promise for us. See, see Elijah said to, Elijah said to his servant, go, because I can hear. Because we hear a promise, right? We hear a promise. Now I'm going to receive full healing in Jesus' name. That's a promise. We hear that. Come on, can you, can you just go? Can you go? So we have promise for God, but let's search for Him. Let's look for Him wholeheartedly. But next one is we have a purpose to bring glory to God. Elijah's purpose whole, the whole time was to bring glory to God. Even when he went back and he said, hey, I declare there's no, going to be no rain and no dew. Why? Because I'm going to bring glory to the God I serve. That's the language that he used in the Scripture, to the God I serve. Why did he say, I'm going to do this? Why? Because the God they served was the God of Baal, and the God of Baal was the God of weather, rain. And so he's directly going against the, the, the spiritual climate of the day, the false God of the day. I wonder what, what purpose God has given us as a church to go against the spiritual climate of the day. See, no rain. He's like, well, well if you want to dance around and do some rain dances, feel, feel free, but watch this. Lord, I pray right now earnestly that there's going to be no rain. I'm going to search for you wholeheartedly. There's going to be no rain. There's going to be no rain until I say. We read that in the book of James. The faithful prayer of a righteous person avails much. Elijah was a righteous person. When he prayed earnestly, there was no rain. See, God gives you a promise, but we've got to run after it. Oh, you've got to run after it. I said to my son, which I've learned now, I said to him, hey, if you want that, I'll pay half of it. And it was like, it was like a $200 thing. And what did he do? He saved up $100. (laughs) But I'd promised. And so he ran after that promise. I'm like, I'm not going to make that promise again. (laughs) I was out a hundred bucks. But when God gives you a promise, are you willing to run after it? Yes. See, see, we live in this instant world. 
Yeah. It was instant world, but we got to run after it. Man, we got, we got like eight more points out of a seven-point sermon <laughs> in six more minutes. <laughs> I ain't even got time to try and do the math. All right, we've got a per- per- promise. We've got purpose to bring glo- glory to God. Elijah's purpose was to bring glory to God. It's like, hey, no, you can, you can dance over there. You can worship those things over there, but hey, it's not going to work. And we know through the story uh, in the beginning of chapter 18, it didn't work. And in fact, they ended up just getting hurt and more hurt. See, when when you run after the wrong things, you end up getting more hurt and more hurt and more disappointed. But when you run after God, you will start to get answers and you'll start to see Him answer your call. Number three, pray. It says, go up to the mountain. Um, and he put his head between his legs. I don't know if anyone's done that recently. But you've got to be pretty purposeful to do that. I go to a prayer meeting with the different pastors around the, the city. There's one guy when we start praying, he always turns around, kneels down, puts a, sits on the seat. It wasn't me, kneels before the seat and just puts his hand together. That's... That's just how he prays. Why? Because he, he, he alters his natural stance to be in the presence of God. I wonder, I'm not, I wonder, when, what would happen if we went up the mountain and <laughs> bent over, changed our circumstance, changed, and he went and prayed, you know? He went and prayed, and he prayed against the, the spiritual climate. You know, anyone getting sick and tired of hearing about climate change. The only climate change I want to hear about is the spiritual climate. Yeah, I be, I don't, don't get me wrong, I care for the planet. But put more care into the spiritual climate. Put more care into the spiritual climate. Um, right, verse four, I mean, point four. <laughs> We've got to run out of time. See the power of God. And the Holy Spirit anointed Elijah to get ahead of the miracle. What would happen if we truly started to pray and believe God for the people and to see them saved? You know, I know this is all out Sunday and please hear my heart. It's great that we've got so many people in church this morning. But what would happen if we had this many people on a Monday? Just one Monday a month. Just, Just 11 times a year because we'll give you January off. Just 11 times a year. What would happen if we got gathered together to pray? What would happen? I wonder if we could prioritize it. I wonder if we, if we, if we really truly prayed and, and we got together as a company of people. The first Monday of every month, we come together and pray and pray and pray and pray. What? Guess what happened? And we'll get ahead of the, and the, the miracle will happen and God will anoint us to be, get ahead of the miracle. I wonder what would happen if we could pray. See, it's the promise, His purpose, is prayer. There's the power of God as well. He'll anoint you to get ahead of the miracle. Like, oh, it's going to freak us out. Yeah. Hello. Well, it freaked me, it freaked me and Desiree out leading two campuses. Well, how, they, how are we going to do this? 
Ah, how's the church going to do this? How's the team going to do this? How's everyone going to do this? Ah, ha, ha, ha. <laughs> Through the power of God. The power of God. The power of God. Point five. And you'll probably know this one was coming up. But persistence. Um, I got the, got the guys to put this part of the Scripture up in the New King James. In verse 42, again, it says this. So Ahab went up to eat and drink. And Elijah went up to the top of, of Carmel. Then he bowed down on the ground and put his head between his legs and his knees. And he said to his servants, go up now and look to the sea. So he went up and looked. And he said, there is nothing. And seven times he said, go again. Come on, how many times do we give up on the there is nothing? You know, as a church, we've got, we, and I talked about this a couple of weeks ago, I was like, we've got to get a bit of a fight and a grit in our spirit and go, you know what, there's, there's, not, there's nothing. There's like, we've got to keep going. Well, maybe not to, today, no, not this hour, but the next hour or the next day. Come on, there's got to be something. But I, I like the fact that there's persistence. Come on, again, those who search for me wholeheartedly will find me. You'll find them. You'll find them. Some people have asked me about conference. I don't want to tell you. Because I want to keep it to myself. But at conference, there was an encounter by Bishop Joseph. He was doing an illustration, which I thought it was about Indiana Jones. I was like, I'm up for this. I watched those movies, they're cool, apart from the spiders, but yuck. <laughs> but um, I went and stood next to him because he asked me to come up for an illustration. And I just didn't know what happened. I was stood there and I was looking up at this man and an older gentleman. I'd never met him before. But there was something on his life. And I stood there and uh, I felt like I was standing in front of my childhood hero. And I never met him. And I'm like, Lord, what are you doing? But, see, not a lot of people know, but three weeks earlier, I'd been praying and I'd been going, Lord, I've been reading John. And Jesus says in the book of John, I only do what I hear my father tell me to do. I only say what I hear my father tell me to say. And for me, it was like, well, Lord, I, I don't really use the word father a lot in my prayer. So for three weeks, I changed my language. And I said, Lord, I'm coming after you as, as a father. And then he smacked me right between the eyes <laughs> at conference. And I didn't really care. It opened up something prophetic for, for our nation, I believe. And that's why I don't mind sharing it for you. But if you're persistent, if you chase after him, because he's got good plans for you. But if you look wholeheartedly, you will find him. But we, we give up because we think, oh, man, that didn't happen. No, those who hunger and thirst after the Lord will find him. Persistence. Come on, let's be a church that persists. 
got to be careful how you say that word. Don't you? run after God. What are, you, what are you running after right now that's not God? We run after all sorts of things. I love my son. He's a, I love both of them, all of them children. <laughs> Disclaimer right there. <laughs> but he's my, he's his father's son. If, uh, just, he, th- <laughs> he has got almost every single gadget possible because he just runs after the next gadget. The next gadget, the next gadget. We bought him the latest gadget. I thought, we're done. We've got him the Apple suite of everything. He's saved up for it. He's earned it. He's worked hard. He's achieved it. I'm like, we're done. That basically about 20 seconds later, comes to me. I'm going to get this next. I'm like, what's going on? I love the fact that he's, he's very persistent. It's purposeful. What are, what are we running after that's not God? Come on, let's run after the things of God. Music team, you guys got to jump up. Otherwise, we'll be here for a long time. Let's be persistent. Number six. This will be no surprise because this is our culture as a church. But we need the prophet or we need the people. What I mean by that is we need the people that are, who are going to say to us, go again. Go again. Why do I want to say go again? I mean, I'm, I'm thankful that the Lord r- revealed a, a snippet of the Father heart of God and I've never felt that ever before. And I got it within around about three weeks. But that, that was a personal thing. I didn't, I didn't share it really with anyone. But there's times and there's circumstances where as a church, we'll share something. We'll stand on a Sunday morning and we'll say, hey, you know what? I'd like it if someone would pray with me. And I'm praying again. Can I just say, until you get your answer, don't put your hand down. Pray again. Go again. Go again. Don't give up. Never give up. We need people in our world that's going to slap us between the eyes sometime in a nice way, in Jesus' name. So don't you dare give up. Too many people give up. They think this is as good as it gets. No, as a church, we're not giving up. I'm I'm, I'm believing that we're going to start seeing more and more souls saved. More and more, but it's feeling like we're in a drought, honestly. But I'm saying, come on, church, don't give up. Don't give up. Your family, your friends, your neighbours. Come on, I want to get back to seeing 10 people saved in a service. I want to see miracles keep happening. Don't give up. I've prayed for friends who haven't been able to have kids. Give up. I shared with someone this morning. I said I prayed for four people last year. I just wrote their names down on a poster, stuck it on my computer. They all had some form of cancer. I prayed for them every day. Every day. And I said, I've written your name on a post-it on my computer. 
I said, don't you give up. Don't you give up. Don't you give up. We need people like Elijah who says, go again. Go again. Well, there's nothing. No, go again. Go again. I tell you, after experiencing the Father heart of God, it's, it's quite hard not to cry sometimes. That's the goodness of God. What number are we up to? <laughs> that was a little bit too energetic. Number seven is we've all got a part. We've got a part. See, sometimes our part, see, when we pray, it's really about putting God's glory ahead of ours. Because if I was Elijah, I would have been thinking about how many litres of water have I got stored up before I pray this prayer? Because I live in a home that has water off the roof and I know a little bit about what it's like to run out of water. But sometimes we've not got to be able to have the storage tank full of water before we pray a prayer that could affect our life. Elijah prayed this prayer not knowing whether he was going to ever have water. But he prayed a prayer that laid his life down. And the Lord answered him. He said, hey, this is where I want you to go. I want you to go and now meet with this widow in Zarephath. See, sometimes the part that we play, it can't be with conditions. It can't be, well, I'll do it when or do it if. No, the part that we play is that we just lay our entire life down. We give it all to God. See, I love it that Elijah said when he had the contest on Mount Carmel, he said, the God I serve, there will be no rain as surely as the God I serve. I want to leave you with this last point. When you lay down your entire life, not just some, your entire life to the God I serve. He's bigger. He can conquer anything. He will look after you. Surely goodness and mercy follow you all the days of your life. He knows the promises. He has for you there for good and for a future. For those who look up, the plans for good and not for disaster to give you a future and a hope. In those days when you pray, I will listen. If you look for me wholeheartedly, you will find me and I'll be found by you, says the Lord. I knew Lord, the Lord wanted to minister out of this story of a servant going seven times to believe Come on, as a church, I'm believing for amazing things to happen. Can we go believe for the church in Mosgiel? The church in the city to flourish. Because the Lord's got another location for us. I've always had it in my heart. There's three locations. And until we get the three, I don't know if He'll give us any more. (laughs) But we'll just keep trusting Him, whatever He says. 
but He has promises, purpose, prayer, power, persistence, prophetic, and His people in our lives. And let's give Him every part of us. When we stand to our feet, you guys are awesome. We love you. We hope you enjoyed this message recorded at Equipus Church, Dunedin. We pray it blessed you. For more information, please visit equipuschurch.com.